This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's a brand new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. And Odell Beckham Jr. is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed is where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters are using MyBookie.com slash BlueWire to sign up this year. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you gotta do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player props in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet. Win. Get paid. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to Full Slate, the rebranded Blue Wire Sports Gambling Podcast. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my three Full Slate contributors. First, I'd like to welcome in Showtime, a.k.a. Matt Siegel. Matt, how you doing tonight? Doing great, man. Just uh, finished my basketball game, locked up the number one seed. Uh, shout out to my boy Alex. He came back uh, to the team after like four or five game absence, dropped about 30, got us that dub. I'm ready to roll. What's going on? Love love the energy. Tyler, how we doing out there in Chicago? Doing great. I'm excited to rebrand Full Slate on the Blue Wire Network. Excited for Matt and Greg to join us. So excited to get it going. And Greg, out in Minnesota, our resident pro, the radio expert <laughs> himself. Greg, how we doing? Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Good to be here. Um, appreciate Matt, especially uh, giving me the invite. Obviously, me and Matt went to high school together. So uh, just looking forward to meeting both of you guys and, and talking sports gambling. Not much uh, can be more enjoyable than that, especially with football getting going. Yeah, we are we are getting started here at the perfect time. Late August football season about to get started and we're basically going to roll out a monday wednesday friday podcast schedule for you guys so showtime i'll kick it to you first you want to talk about your podcast with greg and what you guys have planned yeah so greg and i um have a lot planned uh for season 
We're going to be putting our podcast out Friday mornings. Um, give a preview, obviously, in the fall, mainly of, you know, your college football, college ba- uh, college uh, uh, basketball slates. When college basketball gets going, we're going to give your NFL um, on Sunday. We're going to be doing NBA on the weekends. Um, Greg and I are going to be doing everything. I'm going to bring over um, some of the things I'm doing my Twitter um, onto the podcast. We're going to get some interesting debates. Uh, Greg and I are also going to be mixing in a lot of daily fantasy, just some fantasy talk, some sit starters uh, for the week. You know, just everything you want to listen to on your Friday morning commute, lunch, uh, whatever, afternoon. Um, very excited to get going. Greg? Yeah, no, I think you kind of touched on all of it. Uh, I think that this is the best time to be starting a sports gambling podcast this time of year with uh, football, which I think universally amongst the gambling community is the most enjoyable sport to bet. Uh, So just excited to be a part of everything and kind of touch all the bases here. Hell yeah. And Tyler, we've, we've been at the old full slate, we'll call it version 1.0. This is totally rebranded, but we did last year, pick them pod, and the Sunday Scaries podcast. Tyler, you want to talk to that a little bit? Yeah, so we'll do the Pick'em Pod release Wednesday morning, talking over the top five games of the NFL slate coming up that week. We'll give out locks of the week for people who listen to the you know first rendition of that. I was terrible, so hoping to you know get some better momentum this year and better picks out there. And we'll be joined by Matt, Greg, other guests. So that'll be a lot of fun. And then We'll do the Sunday Scaries pod where we'll recap the week, uh, go over some of the bets we made, and give out our Grandpa Billy's uh, bum of the week. Yeah, we're we're pumped to get started. Really excited that Blue Wire brought us on and to be a member of the network and just have access to all the guests. And we have a lot, a lot of exciting interviews in the hopper. And obviously, like Showtime said and Greg said and Tyler, I'll reiterate the fact we're excited to build out this channel and your guys go-to content for sports gambling especially as the nfl and college football season gets started so without further ado i think let's get started guys and talk football uh, yeah let's okay. get into it let's do it so we want to get started here first by diving into some win totals showtime i'll start with you as a resident expert maybe let's do a little snake draft here so we'll go showtime we'll go greg out in minnesota We'll stop off in Chicago with Tyler, and I'll I'll do the wrap. So we're each going to give out two win totals each. Showtime, I'll kick it to you first. What's your team over-under you're locked in on? So let me tell you, uh, first off, out of all the futures, win totals are uh, my favorite for the NFL by far. Um, I just think there's a lot of data you can get put behind, um, and I just think you know they're less of long shots other than you know conference, uh, and Super Bowl MVP bets, you know, that there's a lot of variables going on. Not that there's a lot of variables of the win totals, but they're some of my best bets. <clears throat> so to start, I'm going to New York, actually. I'm coming right to you, Cody. And I'm going with the New York football giants over five and a half wins at minus 130 cool. odds. Um, yeah, it might not be a very popular pick. And by might not, um, it definitely is not. Um, I'll start off by saying that I'm a diehard Eagles fan. And it uh, doesn't even pay me to say it because... I'm taking the green money over the green birds. Um, you know, the Giants, they managed to win five games last year, and that was with them ending the season on a three-game losing streak. So it would have been a half game under. Um, <clears throat> but I but I mapped out the, the revision, right? And, I, you know, I think the skins are going to be absolutely pathetic this year. I have the Giants finishing above the skins. Um, so I put them um, 
at, uh, at an average of splitting with the Skins one and one. You know, I don't think there's any reason why they can't potentially beat the Skins two two games, uh, two games this season. But I, I think they're going to go one and one there. Um, and I obviously think the Eagles and Cowboys are going to be better. But I think that out of four games playing those teams twice a year, divisional games are always tough. I think I think they can steal one out of the four, right? So th- we're looking at two wins there. I've identified what I consider. This is how I go through a win total bet. I look at what I think is. Winnable home games because obviously you're more comfortable at home and you're more tended to be favored. So the winnable home games for the Giants I've identified are the Bills, Cardinals, and Dolphins. I don't think there's any reason why they can't beat those teams, let alone be favored in those games. <clears throat> and those three potential wins right there. Um, so now you know, say they beat all three of those teams, and then you go two and four in the division. That's five wins already right there. But for argument's sake, let's say they only get two out of the three winnable home games. That's four. That's four wins right there. I've identified two home upsets that might not be popular, but I think they're very valuable and we'll look to play later in the season. A home upset against the Vikings later in the season. Um, this is something that I would consider a sandwich game, which I will touch on more into the college football season. I think it's a lot more um, important there. But the Vikings, they play at the Bears and then at the Giants, and then home against the Eagles. So the Giants, you know, a quote-unquote shitty team, are stuck in the middle of two teams that made the playoffs last year, one being a divisional team and one being the Eagles, or in the past couple years the Vikings had some robbery against. I would consider that a slight uh, sandwich game for for the Vikings. Another home upset I identified was the Packers. You know, I think the Packers are going to be really good this year. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a bounce back year. I know they added to their defense. But at the end of the day, the week before they play the Giants, they're playing at the 49ers, right? So they're traveling across the country. And whenever you're traveling across the country, it's tough. Whenever you're playing consecutive road games, it's tough. Any road game in the NFL is fucking tough. I I don't care what you say. I don't care who you're playing. Um, So there's two home games I've identified as potential upsets. You know, then they're playing the Jets, which obviously isn't really a home or away game. I think they can definitely win that. They're playing at the Bucks. I don't think there's any reason to believe that the Bucks are going to be tremendously better than the Giants. Um, that, that game should be very close. So pick them. There's no reason the Giants can't win that game. And again, like I said, they could end up sweeping the skins. I really don't see how the Giants don't win six games. To be honest, I had the Giants more like a 7-9, and 8-8. Eight and eight. I think they're going to have a surprising year. Um, I'm really big on their quarterback, Daniel Jones. I'm really excited to see what he has. Um, and another big thing that I identified um, is the Eagles. They played the Eagles Week 17. Uh, being an Eagles fan, I know we're obviously going to have the bye locked up, so our starters <laughs> are going to be benched. Um, you know, who's to say that they can't fucking beat the Eagles twice in the year if the Eagles are benched their starters week 17 and they already stole one early in the year? I don't see any way the Giants go under five and a half. Showtime. That was one hell of a pick. You broke it down, and for our listeners at home, we're actually recording via Skype video. Showtime has his papers out, and are these is this just kind of the Showtime Bible we're working with here? <laughs> no, so, I mean, these are just some things, you know, especially for win totals. These are these are my favorite bets of the year, right? So there's a lot of things that I look to go through, and I go through a lot of check marks. And the winnable games, the winnable home games, the winnable road games, um, those are things I look at. S- special things that I look at, you know, like something that most people may not look at. Yeah, you think they're going to lose to the Eagles, but week 17 they could they could bench their starters. Last year, yeah. Eagles lost 6-0 to the fucking Cowboys because our starters weren't playing because we had our seed locked up. That's something that people two years ago. Two years, two years, sorry, two years yeah. ago. They don't take it into consideration, I think, is very important. Now, my second pick somehow might actually be less uh, popular. Oh, well, Matt, I, I Matt we're actually add... going to save it. We're going to save your second pick. We're going to keep going. Uh, yeah, and I want to add one thing second. on his Giants. Oh, I was just eager to get out there, my bad. One thing yeah. also that I wanted to get in on with his Giants pick, 
I think he brought up a couple of good points that any gambler should consider, which I don't think many do. The sandwich spot is, I think, a very real thing. And look-aheads, things like that, and that Giants, you know, certainly with a game in Chicago and then that Eagles game, that would certainly profile to be that uh, for the Vikings, that is, uh, going to MetLife Stadium to play the Giants. And then the other thing was the travel. Uh, I mean, I think it's easy to forget sometimes that these are real people and travel can take a toll on the body. And the Giants this year, just a little nugget, they have the second fewest miles to travel out of any team in the NFL behind only uh, their, I guess we can call them their friends in MetLife, the New York Jets. So, I love that, Greg. Thank you. Yeah, I, 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 I think that things like that, travel and sandwich spots, are relevant to when you're considering uh, weekly pickums and the Giants not traveling much could certainly benefit them. And Showtime, how many games are you factoring in that Daniel Jones will start over Eli? Because you mentioned you're a Daniel Jones guy. Oh yeah, I mean, and it's you know it's not even just the preseason. I I just think he has has what it takes to be a successful quarterback. And I think they're I think they're really giving him the the tools around him. Obviously with with a with a Saquon Barkley. I mean. You know, that's just a safety blanket right there. You want to behind the ball off? Sure. You want to dump the ball off? Sure. I mean, he's unbelievable. Um, and a guy like that can really help him. And, you know, obviously, Eli Manning is still a veteran quarterback. that he can learn a thing or two from. I don't care the shitty performances I've had. He's won two Super Bowls. He knows a thing or two about the NFL. He's been in for a while. His family's been in a while. He can learn from Eli Manning. I would say, I actually, I'm going to give credit to Victor Cruz. I heard him on, on, on TV. Listen, I think it's a safe bet to go for the first four, maybe five, six games. If they're sitting at two and three after five or like a one and three after four, I could see I could see the fans getting a little antsy with the Daniel Jones, especially if he keeps tearing up this preseason preseason. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, look, I mean, if they're sitting at four and one, which again, I don't expect them to, but I mean, you're not gonna yank Eli. I think a two and three start and a Daniel Jones week six. Um could potentially be a good idea. I don't know exactly they play week six, but uh, I think if it's a if it's a solid opponent, hopefully at home, it could be a good spot to plug him in. Definitely. So you're so you're calling out Baker Mayfield as your rival, given his uh, quotes on Daniel Jones today. Yeah, yeah I mean, at the end of the day, I, I don't know what Baker Mayfield has done more than Daniel Jones. So I, I don't um, I don't know uh, where, where the fuck he's coming from, other than the fact that uh, we'll see how both their careers turn out. Yeah, it was a strange comment. Yeah, strange move by someone who's played half uh, a season. A lot of hype going on in Cleveland, but you know, by the way, I I, I see this uh, a game seven home against the Cardinals. Maybe one or two games late, later than they want to see him. But you know, home against the Cardinals is not your bad uh, the first time to make a debut. And that also comes off of a ten day uh, ten a long week because they play uh, in in New England. So after a slaughter in New England, uh, a debut at home against the Cardinals. Yeah, it's a good Eli's days are numbered. Good, good value there. Greg, who do you got? Yeah, well, I'm going to go right to um, from Odell Beckham's former team to his current team, the Cleveland Browns. You guys mentioned it. A lot of hype in Cleveland. I'm not buying it. I like Cleveland under nine wins at minus a dollar twenty five. A uh, couple things to remember here. Still a first year head coach, right? Like, I don't think anybody knew who Freddie Kitchens was at this time a year ago. And now he's the head coach of a team with some really high expectations. Throw in the fact that the roster, at least a lot of their players that they're counting on, younger, inexperienced guys that haven't been through the ringer in terms of playing competitive games into December. And who knows 
what happens if Odell Beckham's mouth starts running midway through the season? Some locker room problems always can be a, an issue with Odell. And then you look at kind of just the hype altogether, and is it warranted? Well, more often than not, when you see teams go out and make the big splash, whether it's Odell Beckham, they brought in Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, those teams don't normally meet expectations because you don't win the Super Bowl in the spring. More often than not, the teams that are winning in – January and February are kind of sitting on the sideline in March, April, and May. And I, I, I just don't think in the NFL, a hard salary cap league, you can just snap the finger and go from seven wins to double digits and in the playoffs. And then look at the Giants last year, right? Like what led to them deciding to trade Odell Beckham? They had a terrible season, but at this time a year ago, they were going into the year trying to kind of hit the accelerator a little bit. They made Odell the highest paid receiver in NFL history. Nate Soldier, they bring in on a big contract, one of the highest paid NFL offensive linemen. Uh, and they trade for Alec Ogletree, and none of that worked out. They end up 5-11, and 11, and they pick sixth in the draft. So I think when you try and speed things up like that, it doesn't quite always work to your advantage. Then look in the AFC North. The Ravens and Steelers, been there, done that. They have experienced coaches, and in the case of Pittsburgh, an experienced quarterback. And if you have one or both of those things, I think it always keeps your floor high because the quarterback is obviously the most important position in the game, and more so than any other sport, the coach has a big impact in football on if you win or if you lose. So uh, you talked about Mayfield and his inexperience. Maybe he takes a huge here. I just don't think it's going to be enough to where between an experienced head coach, you can feel good about Cleveland winning 10 games. Let's also remember Cleveland last year was 30th in the NFL in total defense. So even if Kitchens and Mayfield kind of hit it off, I'm not quite sure I'm trusting their defense. Yet. You're playing a tough division also. Tough yeah. division. I mean, you guys tell me, who would you rather have? The team with a bunch of young players and that is largely inexperienced are teams like the Ravens and the Steelers who all they do is have veterans, better defenses, experienced mm -hmm. coaches. Pittsburgh's got an experienced quarterback. Those are the teams that normally win in January and February. Look yeah. at the playoffs last year in the AFC, especially other than the Texans, every single team in the playoffs had either the experienced quarterback or the experienced head coach. And as I said, Pittsburgh has both those uh, and it keeps your floor a little bit higher. So uh, I'm just not buying the hype on Cleveland yet. Not that they're going to be bad, but I just think nine is their ceiling. And therefore, I, any, I bet, any bet I can make where nine, uh, you know, a push is the worst outcome, I'm going to take that every time. I think so you I use like, a key word also, you know, just to give you a little chime in. I think you use a key word, not yet, um, is, is right. a key word there. Yeah. Um, so, let's not get fooled. I think uh, – in regards to my Baker comment, um, I think he's going to be exceptional in the league, and I think he has the talent around him on both sides of the ball uh, for the Browns to, you know, take the next step. But I don't, I, I, I agree. I don't necessarily think the next step is this year. Yeah. Just, just when you think about like all the teams that win the off season, quote unquote, that are the trendy pick. When it comes to the NFL, it just doesn't work out historically, yeah. right? Like last year, Tyler and I know all too well as 49ers fans. Jimmy G, it was all going to click, Kyle Shanahan, and it didn't, right? Things just fall apart. You guys know from the Eagles team back in the day when you brought an Asamoah and the Dream Team, what was that, 2011, yeah, 2012? Yeah, Vince Young, it's a tough change. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. It still might be too soon, but I figured I'd bring it up just to reiterate the point. Um, so, yeah, Greg, I, I 
I see your pain, and I, I agree. I think the fact that they're priced above the Steelers and the Ravens when they AFC North is a little insane to me. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah, just give it, yeah, yeah, just given the foundation there. Um, so we'll keep this thing going. Tyler, what's your pick here for your win total over on Yeah, one quick point I wanted to make on the Browns. I agree with you guys that the hype could not be for real, but let's not rem- let's not forget last year they won seven games with Hugh Jackson as their coach for what, about six to seven of them? Freddie Kitchens is a first-year coach, but I don't think he could be much worse than Hugh Jackson was. So that is something to consider. There is a lot of hype, but I think the talent is legit there. Um, But going back to my pick, so I'm going to a team in the NFC North. I'm taking the Packers over nine and a half wins. My roommate's a Packers fan, so he might have brainwashed me. But I like the way their schedule breaks early. They do have a first-time head coach, but I think it breaks favorably where first of their – Five of their first seven games are at home, so that gives them a lot of comfortability to get it going. And they put a lot of emphasis on the defense. The offseason, they brought over Adrian Amos, who's a top 10 safety on pro football focus. They brought in Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, who are both pass rushers, who help improve the defensive front. They drafted um, Rashawn Gary from Michigan, so they put a huge emphasis emphasis into the defense and then on the offensive side it's all about Aaron Rodgers staying healthy it hasn't been the case last couple years but I think this is the year where he does stay healthy their offensive line is top 10 ranked on pro football focus and Mike McCarthy's offense last few years was so stale so old Um, I just think getting some new blood in there Rodgers is motivated everyone's saying kind of counting them out so I think a combination of just a little new blood in the facility uh, combined with a favorable schedule to start will help. And also, I'll throw this stat out there. It's a little random, but it, it helps my pick. So teams that have missed their win total by four games the previous season, the next season are 16-7 and seven hitting the over um, on their win total in the following year. So take the Packers. Yeah, I, I mean, how can you how can you fade that stat? But I I do agree with what you're saying. There is one thing that is a little weird to me. I was eyeing that Packers number. So Matt Lafleur, their new head coach, comes in, supposed to be an offensive guy. He's previously with the Tennessee Titans, and Mariota has kind of regressed the past couple of years. I don't know, Matt and Greg. I'm curious to get your takes here, but like, to me. I, I do think there is an advantage by just getting Mike McCarthy out there. You yeah. said it, Tyler. It was stale. But, like, is Matt LaFleur the guy? Or or these teams, are we just having, like, a Sean McVay effect where everyone just wants the next hot young offensive mind? I think yeah, that was more I, Mariota. But what were you going to say, Greg? No, I think you make good points, uh, Cody, in terms of Matt LaFleur, like, Maybe he's good, but I think what you said about trying to find the next McVay, you're going to start to see an infatuation with that so much so to the point where you're probably going to see some good defensive minds maybe overlooked when it comes to coaching hires. So I think the points about it not being McCarthy are valid. Um, But do we know if LaFleur is better necessarily? I think it's probably more of a pass than a play at nine and a half. Uh, but certainly if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, then it's hard to see them doing any worse. Than that. Yeah, I, 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 I really agree. Um, actually with what you just said at the end, I, I, you know, I mean, I think the Packers, uh, can be, uh, can be good this year. Um, I think they can win the division this year. Um, I think they play a slightly favorable schedule. Um, they actually do have a few hard road games. Um, I saw they play the chiefs and the chargers back to back road games. Um, that's a, it's back to back tough games. 
Um, then they play, and they also have a back-to-back tough game stretch, home against the Eagles and away against the Cowboys. Um, and they open the season against two divisional opponents at the Bears and against the Vikings. Um, you know, I'm not that big on the Bears this year, but they're still, you know, not a not a gimme, and neither are the Vikings. Um, it's just tough. I think I think it's a pass, not not a play again. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm definitely not betting under. I'm not betting against Rodgers, that's for sure. But it's a pass. Yeah, I, th- I think that two-game stretch you point out is crucial where they're at Kansas City, at the Chargers. But let's not forget about the Chargers. They don't really have a home field advantage. And that game's going to be in Los Angeles. And if you remember the Rams game last year when the Packers played them, it was basically all Packers fans. <laughs> so I'll expect, I'll expect that Chargers game to be similar. And in an even smaller stadium, you'll be able to feel the noise um, even more. And obviously playing in Chicago to open the year is tough, but they've had all offseason prepared division rivalry. I think in divisional games, you have to throw maybe stats out the window if you think Chicago's a better team. But in a division rivalry, you never know what's going to happen. And I just believe in Rodgers getting back to what we are used to and having those three home games early. Granted, there are some tougher teams, but that'll get the momentum going, I think. You know, for a young I, coach, it'll give him confidence. I also, you know, I might really be against the grain and against the popular opinion, but, you know, I'm not really so sure if Mike McCarthy was uh, the true problem in Green Bay. Oh. So <laughs> I, I, I think I think I think Mr. Aaron Rodgers has a lot to prove last year, considering he hasn't thrown for over 25 touchdowns in the past two years. Granted, he was hurt one year, but, you know, my mind is, and even as Carson Wentz, my quarterback, uh, your best talent is availability. So let's see yeah. what he does this year. I think I think he has a lot to prove, a lot. Yeah, we'll see how it goes and see if McCarthy was the problem or Rodgers. I think it'll be interesting to see because Rodgers— got what he wanted, now, now perform. Yeah, now definitely. Do. Cody, who do you got? So— I'm going with the Oakland Raiders. I like they're under six. This number was just like, to me, a little bit head-scratchingly high at six. To me, it smells like a five-win number. So we're actually going off the odds of mybookie.ag, friend of the Blue Wire program. Uh, Use promo code BlueWire there. Um, So they're at minus 120. So the Oakland Raiders last year went four and 12 and somehow find themselves with the hardest strength of schedule going into this season. So a tough draw there. Obviously, they have the big headline trade. They bring in Antonio Brown, which, as we know right now, has been an absolute train wreck. Um, Mike Mayock came out, basically threatened him, saying he's either all in or he's all out. And honestly, who can say if he's actually going to be on the roster? I have a hard time trading. they trade him, but... It could be a bit of a train wreck there. Um, I'm not buying Derek Carr. It's a contract year for him. I'm not sure that John Gruden is going to have a ton of patience for him. Quite frankly, I see them potentially moving on from him pretty early on. And just looking at the schedule, like I said, hardest strength the schedule. I think the Chiefs are obviously the class of the AFC. The Chargers, you still have Phillip Rivers. I'm a little hesitant on them, but... Um, I think the Broncos are improved. I think Joe Flacco will be better with the change of scenery. I might be biased just from watching the 43 season game last night, but that defense is legit with Von Miller and Chubb on their on their front line. So this over under six to me is too high. I'm taking the under and I have a little tidbit here for you guys. So over the past five years, there's been an average of four teams that have uh, won four or fewer games. To me, I don't see four teams that are worse than the the Oakland Raiders. Um, I think the Dolphins are a bit of a train wreck. I think 
there are a couple others that come to mind, but to me, the Oakland Raiders under six feels like a good play. You what know, you just think? to add on to that, um, I'm actually uh, going to give a little tidbit from one of my buddies on Twitter, Spread Investor, who I, I saw a uh, tweet actually earlier today. The Raiders are 4-21 and straight up in the last 25 games that started at 1 Eastern. Um, they play seven of those games this year. <laughs> and they well, also and again, play the Bears. travel that I made earlier. Like, it's a real thing. Like That West Coast going East playing at 10 a.m. Pacific time is like a 20-year 60% against the spread if you fade those teams. Yeah, and like, again, remember, this isn't against the spread. So we're talking windows. This is 4-21 straight, yeah, right. straight up. Now, granted, the Raiders have sucked for the past probably all 25 of those games. So take it with a grain of salt um, With if you think they're actually going to be better this year. But 4-21 and 21 is pretty pathetic. They play seven of those games, another in London. And from weeks three to eight, they play five games at the 1 p.m. Eastern time slot. So take it how you want. I mean, I think the Raiders should be a little better. I mean, I don't know how many wins above replacement Antonio Brown is contributing to in the NFL over here. This is not Mike Trout. Let's not get that right. twisted. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think I think six is I think six is a very fair number. Again, I don't think it's a pass for me because I've seen greatness from Derek Carr about two or three years ago. So God forbid he channels that inner inner greatness and him and A.B. Um, do something special. You know, they th- that could be six or seven right there. But at the end of the day, it, it, this is more of a, a, a pass or an under for me. Definitely not an over. That's for sure. Yeah, I think Derek yeah. Carr, I think I, I think the window is just past there, honestly. And just looking at this with Gruden and Mike Mayock, obviously they're on hard knocks right now. And this is outside of stats or trends. But having Antonio Brown in the mix, this just feels like a toxic, toxic environment that this thing is going to blow up. I don't know yeah. about you guys, but Derek Carr's persona through the first couple episodes of Hard Knocks doesn't feel to me like someone that's going to be able to handle that Antonio Brown nonsense and keep him happy. Like, remember what happened, again, probably a decade ago at this point, over, if not over, uh, but Randy Moss on the Raiders, absolute train wreck. <laughs> I, I, I just, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have a ton of faith in this team. Tyler, sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? No, I agree with everything you said. Antonio Brown has come in and just stirred the pot. It being on hard knocks hasn't helped. And I agree. I think Derek Carr won't really be able to push back on him. And let's not forget, Antonio Brown had a problem with Big Ben, who's a you know first-class Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl winner, has been to three. Like You think he's not going to have an issue with Derek Carr? I think the time's passed on Carr being a franchise guy. And like you said, it's combustible. And I want to ask Greg and Matt as Eagles fans, like, this reminds me of uh, Tia with McNabb, right? Or well, it could get to that. I mean, it could get to uh, that. I, I don't they know went, about they that. They went to the Super Bowl there. Yeah. So. I'm, saying, I'm just saying, like, the combustible nature of Tia on the Eagles in the locker room. Yeah, it did blow up pretty quickly the following year. Um, but I think the biggest thing on the Raiders that uh, you both kind of hit on was, uh, I think it was Cody that said this more so, is just, like, if you believe that Denver's better then you're getting under six for a team that would at that point be clearly the worst team in their division. Like mm. how many divisions have a last place team be better than six wins, you know? So That'd again, it goes back to division. If they, if they get six or seven wins, kind right. of like it kind of goes back to my point where it's like, well, if you're thinking with Cleveland, where it's like, I'm thinking under nine is the worst I'm going to do is a push. Well, if you think Oakland's the worst team in that division, then, Chances are the worst you're going to do on under six is a push. So yeah, has to make it a good bet. I would try and pay a little more for six and a half, to be honest, if I can find that somewhere. 
Yeah, agreed. Good point. If if anyone from my bookies listening, let's bump that on up and we'll lock it in here. <laughs> yeah, um, put in that alternate. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so real quick, let's do like kind of a rapid fire. We'll do snake draft. We'll go back. I just went, so I'll start the wrap on the way back. And I'm sticking in the AFC West. I'm going with the San Diego Chargers. Again, Los Angeles. Sorry, San Diego. Los Angeles. Whoops. Sorry, uh, Chargers fans, all two of you out there. Um, so the under 10s, minus 115. Obviously, we, Chargers fan, watch it. Oh, okay, so we're at three. Um, so the Melvin Gordon holdout situation, Russell Okung's out indefinitely. Derwin James just went down with a stress fracture in his foot. I'm, I'm sticking away from that number. Phillip Rivers is getting up there. I love What's the, the number? Guy. It is 10. So I'm, I'm taking under 10, fading the Chargers, and that's uh, that's my quick second pick. What do you guys think? It's a lot. I think the Derwin James injury is huge. Even, like, the Melvin Gordon holdout is a story because, you know, it's a running back. That's been the trend of the offseason. But Derwin James getting hurt, Russell Okun, those are bigger in my opinion. Losing those two guys in the Chargers last year, they were great on the road. But in previous years, we've seen them just blow a ton of easy games. Like, let's not forget who this Chargers team usually is. So I agree with you, Cody. And like you talked about what Greg talked about. It's a tough division. You know, by the Denver's way, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I got to I got to shout out to all the people who were shitting on me for betting on Homer Bailey because Matt Olson uh, just hit yeah, a two home game. run and Mark Cannon hit a home run. And now the A's are up three one after the first. I'm really sorry to interrupt you. I'm really sorry. I just had to get that out there. The A's are up 3-1, and Homer Bailey is on his way to a, a win. Homer but, Bailey is your guy. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with Cody on that pick. If we're, I guess, going snake and quicker, I'll go with my next pick. Titans under eight. This was a team last year I bet against a ton and always burns me. They won nine games last year, but if you look at some of those games, they were quite fluky, the Eagles game included, which I'm sure you guys remember. Um, so some quick stats why – I don't like the Titans. They have the ninth hardest schedule in the NFL. Four of their first six games are on the road, and Taylor Lewan, their left tackle, suspended the first four games. So I think that's going to be huge. And just the biggest thing with me is I don't believe in Mariota. I think he he's, sucked. he's he terrible. He's a bum. And they yeah, brought in. I just want to add off that, like, you might not believe in Mariota, but they didn't really win because of Mariota last year. They were running the ball really well. The Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry kind of one-two punch, I think, kind of you got the bigger back in Henry and then the scat guy in Deion Lewis. And Mike Rabel can coach. So You said the number is nine? Eight. Eight, yeah. yeah. So one one under their game from last year. But I, I agree with you, Greg, where they weren't dependent on Mariota. But at some point, they're going to have to be to win. And if you, like I said last year, they had a lot of fluky wins. They beat the Texans. They had to have a fake punt. Uh, pass touchdown they ran the wild cat a lot like you're just not going to win games sustainably and the thing with Tennessee is if they get down in games they don't have the offensive explosion yeah, to come back so that's my area, fear so. if they get up ahead yeah they can run with Henry I think I, he's I good think it's a very I don't fair number it. if that number was nine I would fucking love that pound that into the ground because there's no way a team with Mariota as a quarterback is winning 10 games that's a fact um I think eight's a very fair number I wouldn't be surprised if they went nine and seven eight and eight seven and nine or Six and ten. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they went six somewhere from six to nine wins. Yeah. All I, my, all, go ahead, Tyler. I was just gonna say one last point when we're talking about divisions. I just think they're the worst team in the division. I know there's some uncertainty uncertainty about luck, 
But I think Jacksonville is going to be improved with um, Foles. I think Texans will be good. So I just don't see a lot of easy wins for them. So that's why I'm going under eight. Um, what are you going to say, Cody? I'm just excited that you're locking in another anti-Titans play. Um, <laughs> for anyone that listened to any previous podcast Tyler and I have put out, it's a team that just repeatedly kind of killed the both of us. Um, and I agree. I th- I'm glad that we're all in agreement that Marcus Mariota sucks. Um, so, Greg, what's your second pick? Yeah, I'm going to go to another kind of trend that's mostly been profitable to fade the Super Bowl loser from the previous year. I'm going under 10.5 for the L.A. Rams at minus Panthers plus three week one. Panthers. Yeah, and I'm already on that, too. That's another West Coast going east, 10 a.m. Pacific start. I'm worried about Todd Gurley's knee. I think anytime you're hearing about knee problems with a guy that young, uh, that's a big red flag. Good stat about the Rams' offensive line. Last year, in the five starters for the Rams on the offensive line played in every game from week one to the Super Bowl. And as far as the snap count, those five guys missed a total of 141 out of 1,100 snaps in the regular season. I don't, And, and they don't even have those same five guys back. I was John just about to say, Sullivan, Greg, I think they're only returning like two or three of them. They're not returning that many starters on the offensive line. And even if they were, that's something that you can't expect to kind of continue – uh, from one year and carry over into another. So then look at if we're concerned about, which I am about Gurley and their ability to run consistently, mm-hmm. look at what the Eagles did against them, the Patriots in the Super Bowl. If you make Jared Goff beat you, is he good enough to do it? And against some of the better teams, and they're going to be playing a first place schedule, having won the NFC West last year. I don't think that's the case. So I also think that there's just some defensive minds that are going to start pick up on McVay a little bit more maybe it was just the genius that is Bill Belichick but I'm inclined to think that offensively the Rams just aren't going to be as good their defense was middle of the pack in a lot of statistical categories so it basically comes down to if I believe enough in Jared Goff to win them more games by himself I do not I know you guys are Niners fans I think they're going to be improved so I think you're a year early and obviously Jimmy G getting hurt it kind of speaks for itself I like Seattle a lot, and going back to a point I made on Cleveland, what they don't have, which Seattle does have, the experienced quarterback, the experienced coach, that keeps the floor high for the Seahawks. As I said, I think San Francisco's better, so I think the Rams probably lose at least two, I think probably three games in the division. Ten and a half's a high number. It's a little expensive mm-hmm. with a minus fifty-five price tag, but I'll play the juice and take the Rams under ten and a half wins. Yo, Greg, to chime right off that, I think to take the Rams to the next level, um, it's really on Jared Goff's shoulders, right? Um, right. I and think they every, did everything next year, and I don't I don't think he's taking the next level. I don't think he's taking that step. Um, I, I, I'm a solid fan of Jared Goff. I think he is solid. I just don't think he's going to – go and propel himself to that elite level to repeat a 12 and four or a 13 and three season, um, even in 11 and five. Yeah, I, I agree with all you guys. The, the whole girly thing lingering over the whole six situation is really bizarre. They bring back Malcolm Brown. They draft a running back in the third round. I think they're being a little coy and uh, shady exactly. about what's, what's actually going on with Todd Gurley. And I, I agree, Greg, to get to 11 wins in the NFC West. And let's not forget, too, the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray. Personally, I think they're going to be much improved. So they may even be be more competitive than we think. Uh, Showtime. I'm I will it say back to one note, here. by the way, with Todd Gurley, though. Um, so if you're doing a Yahoo fantasy draft, they have Todd Gurley ranked 34th on the big board. Um, I actually, fortunately, have first pick in my um, 
fantasy draft. I'm obviously going Saquon Barkley, by the way. But I mapped out, you know, some drafts. I actually could have Todd Gurley. uh, So at my fourth round pick, which is pick 40, Todd Gurley falls six spots. Um, Some picks, uh, some drafts, some mock drafts I've done, he's actually fell to me at that fourth. Um, If you can stag him in the fourth round, um, I think that's a no fucking brainer, by the way. Uh, Just putting that out there. Yeah, definitely. I think Matt or Showtime, sorry. <laughs> I think you made a good point that it is on Goff's shoulders to take that next step for the team to sustain the success they had last year. Um, I, okay. I was just saying, I think with Cooper Cup healthy, having those receivers helps Goff a little bit. And McVay is such an innovative mind, innovative mind that I think they will be able to stay ahead of the curve a little bit. But I don't hate the idea of them stepping down and maybe the 49ers uh, stepping up. Mm-hmm. No, by Showtime. the way, what's your Tyler, second no, total? Oh, I I got you, man. But Tyler, no harm in calling me Matt. That's that's the wonderful name my uh, beautiful mother Hope gave me. So I, I go by Matt. Shout as well. out Hope. Yeah, shout out Hope. So my second win total. Um, it's you know it's actually kind of ironic as I noticed. I believe uh all uh every pick you guys gave, you guys all went under, correct? Yeah, no, I said yeah, over. So, uh, I said oh, over, did, over on the Packers. Oh yeah, you did go over on the Packers. Okay. Well, my actual win total is actually another over. Um, and it's actually, uh, I think, Cody, I think you uh, bashed me a little bit earlier on it. Um, mm. And I'm going down to fucking cocaine capital of the world, Miami. And I'm taking the Dolphins over four and a half <laughs> minus 130. <laughs> the Dolphins, all right, let me walk you through this. You yeah, know, well, I could make this quick. I could case? make this Unpack quick, but us. I need to get everything out there of why I'm going over four and a half. And I'm loving it. I'm not okay. taking it at five, by the way. I'm taking it at four and a half, minus okay. 130 only. Okay. So they had seven wins last year at, as with Tannehelm and Brock Osweiler at the helm, right? <laughs> yeah. So now they have Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen. Whether one's going to play the whole year or they're going to combination, whatever. I think we can all kind of agree that, that, you know, Tannehill to Osweiler is not that much of a downgrade to Fitzpatrick or Rosen. If anything, I, you know, I think it's a slight upgrade. I, I don't know about you guys, but are they really worth less than three wins? Because the Dolphins did manage seven wins. I don't know how the Dolphins do it, but somehow they always tend to beat the fucking Patriots one time a year. I don't know how yeah. they do it. I, I really don't In know the how. Most improbable fair, fashion. Fair, the most fair improbable point. Ways. Fair point. And I'm going to yeah. point out, they played the Patriots at the most ideal time, both of their games. So week two, when the Patriots struggle the most in September, usually the Patriots struggle the most in September. Let's put that out there. They play the Patriots at home. Right. So that's week two. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm not saying bet the Dolphins. I'm just saying that's a potential win. Then I'm going to go back to this point that I made earlier. They play in Foxborough. They'll never fucking win. But week 17, are the Patriots starts in playing? Is Tom Brady good playing? Now, I don't know. That dude Stidham kind of looks kind of nice, but he might be even too good to put out there against the Dolphins week 17. So, you know, I'm not saying they're going to win either one of those games, but something tells me that somehow one way they'll win one of those. Right? So say you give them one win there. Okay. We'll give you one. We'll give you one. Give you one. Then I did, you know, I identified my winnable home games as well. I don't think there's any reason they can't beat these four teams. The Bills, the Redskins, the Jets, and the Bengals. Now, I will take one team out there. I do think the Jets will clearly be better than the Bills, Skins, Bengals, and Dolphins. But it's a divisional game. And frankly, at the end of the day, the Jets are still the fucking Jets. They find ways to lose games. So it's a real safe assumption that if somehow the Dolphins lose at home, the Dolphins could somehow maybe win on the road. So I think it's a safe assumption to say they split with the Jets and at least split with the Bills. And I don't think it's crazy to say they beat the Bills twice because I think the Bills are equally as shitty. The I'm, Bengals, I'm a lo- uh, 
what, I was going to say, I'm a little higher on the Bills than you are, and I think one point that helps you're over is you said the Patriots, you know, they struggle in September. Ryan Fitzpatrick thrives in September, so that could lock them into two wins yeah. early, and then you I'm gonna, only need I'm going to get to a little Fitz magic later. I'm going to get to a little Fitz magic later. I didn't want to touch too much on Fitz magic because, you know, we're obviously not sure who's going to be starting uh, to start the season. Um, I think it would benefit because the Dolphins play a hard fucking schedule. I, I forget exactly, but they play – oh, they play the Ravens, the Chargers, the Patriots – uh, their first three, and then they play like another solid team as their first four at, games. At Dallas. At Dallas. So Chargers. that's four hard games. You know, let's be real. If Fitzpatrick's playing, there's no reason he can't throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns and win that game in Dallas as as a as a plus seven. <laughs> All right? Ooh. Like, I'm just saying, you, you watch the season, every single week, at least one or two teams of underdogs over a touchdown or double digits yeah, are like stealing double games on the road. Outright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to pick them in my survivor pool, but I'm just saying this is the NFL and it's every given Sunday and they are all still NFL players and they are starting for a fucking reason. You know, so I've identified those four potential winnable home games. Um, and now, so say you got three out of those six, right? So say they, say they lose to the Jets because we can all agree the Jets will probably end up being better than the Dolphins, right? So say they beat the Patriots once, they beat the Bills, they beat the Skins, they beat the Bengals. That's four wins. That's four or that's, it's yeah, that's four wins right there. <laughs> almost gets and you're, you there. And you're you're telling me they can't get one fucking win out of the next twelve games? That is ridiculous. They yeah, they, they, and I want to uh, get in here real quick. I think it's important to understand. Like you're giving out the Dolphins over four and a half wins, but you yourself said it. You're not betting this at five, so it's important to remember. It might feel weird that you're betting on the Miami Dolphins. But it's all about the number that you're betting them at. And it's huge. I'm not betting them to win six games. I don't want them to yeah, win six games. And I don't want the fucking push like, lot. I'm cool can, with paying the 20 extra cents than usual to get the four and a half to go over five. We can all agree they're terrible, but there's terrible five and 11 teams every year. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned those identifiable home games that they can win. The Bengals are also going to be terrible. And I agree with you that the Bills aren't that great. And Washington's, I think, pretty confidently the worst team in the NFC East. So I, I, I think the skins are bad. I think they're going to be a train wreck. And I think the skins can actually finish as one of the, the bottom three teams in the NFL. But, you know, and now I'm going to get a little crazy. So just, just bear with me and just hang on with me. I actually don't think it's crazy to say that they could beat the Jets, Bills, and or Giants. Yeah, I'm going with the Giants on the road. So I automatically get at least one win for my team right there. You see how I did that? <laughs> Yeah, um, hedge you hedge yourself very nicely. Exactly. Like, and like I on. said, I don't care if they're being the Bills or the Jets at home or away, but I'm going to count that as a little split right there. Then they're playing the Steelers, Cowboys, Colts, and Browns on the road. Those are all really hard fucking games. Do I think they're going to win any game? No. But is it crazy to say that one of those teams comes in sleeping one of those games and, and the Dolphins steal a game as a, as a plus 10? Uh, you know, I'll tell you, I had the Bucks on the money line and the spread last year plus 10 at the Saints week one, and look what Fitzmagic did. I think he's going to come through again for me. I had him starting probably around the first four games, unless Josh Rosen beats him out, um, which gives him a good chance to win one of those hard games. And I'm even going to touch on my Eagles, right? I love the Eagles. They're going to be a great team this year. Oh, but we're, the going, Eagles, we're going to Eagles now, but, too? But the Eagles, no, the Eagles play at Miami. The Ravens yeah, play at Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, both those teams are probably going to be out partying, probably not going to take it a little seriously. There's no reason why the, 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 they can't pull a little home upset, right? I mean, I don't think they're going to win against the Ravens week one. The Ravens have an outstanding week one record. The Ravens are good. I, You know, 
But maybe later in the year, you know, I, I've seen this Eagles team as great as they are. They take games off. They, you know, every team in the NFL, they just don't win every single game that they're supposed to. It's just a fact. So to say that the Eagles or Ravens potentially lose to the Dolphins is not crazy. And then one other team who I think is clearly better than the Ravens, not better than the Eagles, the Chargers. But again, they're traveling across the country because they played home the game before. And that's a 10 a.m. start. You know, I, I'm not saying that this travel and the 10 a.m. starts the end of the world. But to, for me, for those four hard road games and those three potential home upsets and then those three winnable road games, you're telling me they can't win one stinking game or two? I'm so, not buying. I think they're winning so one. So, Matt, off that math, are, did you say they're going to go 10 and 6? Yeah, I think, th- I think like they might be a playoff, playoff team. team Yeah, with these winnable games. Uh, you know, I mean, the Dolphins <laughs> could have been a the Dolphins could have been a playoff team last year. They were sitting yeah. at seven and six, and they 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 lost the last three to finish seven and nine. I'm not saying they're going to be a fucking playoff team. You know, <laughs> I hope he's healthy because I think Kenyon Drake can be really good in this league. So mm-hmm. I hope he's healthy to start the season. I I don't see why it's crazy to say that the Dolphins win five or six games, yeah, and I just don't think I, there's three less wins worse than they were last year. I it, don't see it. So it's over a pass. Like I don't know how you bet under four and a half with them. I I mean, first year head coach with Flores, the Belichick tree doesn't always mm-hmm. produce the best coaches, but. At the same time, yeah, I think this number is where it's at because everybody has this perception that the Dolphins are going to be 1-15 in and, like, the worst team that no. the NFL has seen in a decade or whatever. And like you said, they were sitting at 7-6 and six in December in the playoff punt last year. Uh, I'm not saying I love the Dolphins, but, again. And I think I, we do. I, I, I think we do. I, I want to add I, a point I still about disagree. both of my teams. When, when do I get my rebuttal here? You got you got it. And then I'll add my one last closing point. Okay. Real quick. So – Part of my rationale here, I think Greg and Matt, you guys make a lot of good points. Tyler, you also carried it on there. Like, at the end of the day, you're betting the number. You're betting the four and a half. Dolphins suck. They're not going to make the playoffs. However, I I have a hard time seeing them winning more than, like, one of these divisional games. I'm bullish on the Jets and the Bills. I think they're going to take big steps forward. I like Darnold. I have faith in him and Le'Veon and what that offense can do. And with the Bills, they were sneaky, like a pretty squirrely team last year. And Josh Allen, if he can just like complete, I don't know, 65% of his passes. It's a tall task. We shall see. I don't I don't I don't know if he can do that. I, I, I might be asking for too much there, but for me, this is a pass. I'm not touching it. But if I am touching it, I'm leaning the under. Um so yeah, that's that's out in the airwaves. Matt, I'll give yeah, you your fair enough. Your, Closing arguments and then my one closing we'll argument actually yeah. has to do with both of my teams. Um, is that they have young quarterbacks, right? So they clearly didn't acquire Fitzpatrick to be the next starter for the five years. You know, I mean, hope they hoping that you know Josh Rosen is is good or he's at least bad enough for them to get Trevor Lawrence in two years, right? It's <laughs> one of the two. Um, but the Giants, you know, their guys is, is Daniel Jones, right? So I've noticed that teams tend to rally around young quarterbacks. Um, with looking towards the optimism of what could come with the quarterback flourishing with the team and the success. So I'm not saying the Dolphins or the Giants are going to be good, but I'm saying I think people think are underestimating where they can get five, where we can find five or six wins in these plays. And remember, these aren't like, yo, go put your life savings on these plays. These are just plays that I think have value or that I've identified that I think should be a, a winner, a win and a half higher than what the line's at. Now, if you want my play that you're going to put your life savings on, your mortgage, whatever, 
then you can DM me for that, and I'm actually selling that for $25. Ooh, hashtag ad. Hashtag Showtime, at Showtime Cappers. You can DM me right there, um, and that play is a guaranteed winner money back. Um, but it's going to win, so there's no reason to get your money back, and you know, you take a nice vacation when it hits in January. Okay, and let's take a quick break here and have a quick word from our good friends over at Harry's and Roaming. If shaving is a terrible experience for you, we've got you covered at Blue Wire. Our podcast network is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set. The set includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the low-quality razors from convenience stores. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Sign up today. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure to go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show that 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. And we're back, boys. Uh, we're going to dip into the divisions now. We're moving on for win totals. We're going to the divisions. Greg, you're up first. Who you got for your one-division pick? Okay, and this is probably my favorite futures bet of the NFL season. I bet it four months ago. Pittsburgh Steelers to win the AFC North. I got it at 2-1. to one. It's down to plus 150 now at my bookie. Or I'm, I'm sorry, plus 160 where it's at. And you moving lines over there, kid? Browns. I'm sorry? Moving lines over there? <laughs> hey, maybe I am. I, I'd like to think so. But uh, <laughs> we talked about the Browns, right? And there's all this hype about the Browns. And then the Antonio Brown saga seems to never end in Oakland. So here are the Steelers, a team of a bunch of veterans, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL that they kind of just get to chill, right? Like they get to have a normal camp, not much drama, and go into the season now is in some people's eyes a slight dog to win the division and in the oddsmakers eyes as well against the uh, Browns so you look at their defense good front seven 
pass rush with T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree. They go up and in the draft get Devin Bush, who I think is a good candidate to win the Defensive Rookie of the Year. And then if you want, like naturally, I think you people might say, well, how are they going to be able to replace Bell and Brown? They always find backs and receivers. They think about the picks that they've made for the last 20 years or so now. Antoine Randall in the second round, Hines Ward in the third round, Mike Wallace in the third round, Antonio Brown in the sixth round. Give me all the Juju Smith-Schuster this year. James Washington <laughs> in the second round last year I think could have a nice breakout. I, I think the rookie out of Toledo, Deontay Johnson, would be another kind of breakout candidate. Dude, Maybe move the Pittsburgh already. For <laughs> next so, holy <laughs> shit, bro. It's Pittsburgh. Vance McDonald's going to have a nice year at tight end. Yep. James Conner, another one of those running backs. They find Willie Parker. They got Bell in the third round. They just always find these guys. I'm not concerned. Steelers win the AFC North. Yeah, Greg, I like that pick a lot. Um, I was looking at the Steelers for some other bets we were going to talk about later, but I think addition by subtraction with losing A.B. and Le'Veon, so much drama around that team last year, so much uncertainty. You get rid of those guys. I think the team is more just happy. I read a quote from James Connors talking on the Steelers bond. He said, man, ever since OTAs, really just the vibe in the air is great. So I think the team is happier. And you talk about James Washington, who I like to take a step up. Also, I think they're going to run the ball a lot more. This stat blew my mind. Big Ben threw the ball 42 times a game last year. That is not sustainable to keep winning. So I think they're going to do a lot more James Conner. Jalen Samuel, I think, is a good change of pace back, too. They dress the defense, so I like that a lot. And Yeah, and with the hype around Cleveland, and I I really am not high on Baltimore. I think they won't be bad, but I just don't think they're going to be a playoff contender. So I think the division is basically between them and Cleveland. And you're asking me to pick between the team with experience versus all the hype. I think I'll take Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think Juju... Like you said, Greg, give me all the juju stock this year. He's about to ball out. For some reason, he's like four or five, what I'm seeing in terms of like wide receiver rankings. He's going to be the guy. And he was incredible last year on a bigger stage. I like that. I, I think this might be the biggest anti-Browns podcast there is. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I'm not anti-Browns. I'm, I'm really excited to watch them uh, watch them play. I don't know about bidding purposes, but I'm really excited to watch Baker. I'm I'm a, I'm a big Baker fan. I like the confidence he brings his team. Do we have to kick? But I can't re- I can't re- I can't refute anything you said about the Steelers. And I do agree. Uh, Hall of Famer Big Ben wins the division. Cool. Um, okay, Tyler, what's your pick? So my pick is staying in the AFC. I like the Houston Texans at plus 300 to win the AFC South. A lot of this is just value. So you look at it the on my bookie. The Colts are minus, I think, 150, 175 to win the division. We don't know what's happening with Andrew Locke. This happened a couple years ago. Um, you know, to start the year, he was going to miss a couple games, and then it got later, later in the season, and he just didn't end up playing. I don't think his injuries to that degree, but I think there is a scenario where he misses the first three to four games of the season, and obviously in the NFL, that's a huge chunk of the schedule. So I love the value on the Texans because I think if it comes out tomorrow that Luck is missing six weeks, you're not getting this number. So I love the Texans at plus 300. They won the division last year. The offensive line was a train wreck. They tried to address it in the offseason. I don't think it could get much worse. They drafted two offensive linemen the first two rounds of the draft. They signed Matt Khalil. Um, I think Will Fuller will be healthy for a full season. The defense is still solid. Like 
And I just I think Deshaun Watson is an incredible talent, and that twenty two to one to an MVP I think is a really good bet. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like the Texans. I think the value is there, and if luck goes down, I mean Watson's the best QB in that division by a mile. Yeah, and right now on my book, either plus three fifty, Colts minus one thirty. So, Ooh, jump on it. There it is. There it is. Well, you know what? I actually thing I say yep. on the Texans though. First off, their schedule is brutal. Their first it, it, it is hard. First seven games at New Orleans, Jacksonville, at Chargers, Panthers, Falcons, who I think are both going to be better, at Chiefs, at Colts. That's really hard. Their turnover margin last year was plus 13, which was second in the NFL. That's normally something you expect to come back to the norm a little bit. And, yeah, Watson got crushed last year, but even if their offensive line is better, they were historically bad last year. So even if they're better, I still think their line's going to be bad. Too many red flags for me to like the Texans. Yeah, I'm I'm in on the Colts. I Everything I'm seeing, it is a little cryptic with Andrew Luck, but I'm just buying that Colts infrastructure. As long as Luck, it doesn't seem as bad as it was a couple years back with the shoulder. I think he plays, even if he misses, say, the first two games of the season, I still have confidence in this Colts team that they're going to win the division. So, Tyler, we'll see. We'll see who's uh, right. Plus, the te- te- Texans, Texans won division last year, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah just, just, just to note, they're pl- they're playing a first game schedule, uh, a, f- well, a yeah, first place team schedule. While the Colts are playing a second uh, place schedule. It, um, this, the schedule is definitely tough. I think it's fourth, so they'll have to earn it. But I think at plus three hundred, a team that won the division last year with uncertainty, with luck, and like you said, Greg, and what we've acknowledged, the offense line was terrible. They did make an effort to improve it. So it actually, ask, what's their? Here, yeah, right? You know what their odds are to make the playoffs? I do mm. not have that handy. Let's uh, see. I think that, good, I think that might be a... Our good friends at my bookie. we are pulling this up as we speak, live on air. This is pretty good radio. Anyone have a joke? Um, so, yes, the Texans make the playoffs are plus 135. Yes, uh, I mean, you know, I, 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 um, I don't hate the Texans, the football team, but I think if you are buying the Texans, the play would be to make the playoffs. That gives them, obviously, the wild card spot or the division. I think it's fair, safe assumption to pencil in whoever doesn't win the Chiefs and Chargers division. The other team will make the second wild card spot. And, uh, you know, I think it could be a good idea. Whoever doesn't win out of the Texans and Colts gets the wild card just like it did last year. Um, so if I were to be buying the Texans, um, which I'm not, um, but I'm not selling them, by the way. I'm just not – I'm passing on them. I, I, I would prefer to play uh, – make playoffs at plus 130. Could could be. We'll see. I just think Deshaun Watson's in for a monster MVP type season, but I hope you so. Know. He's watch. Yeah, we'll yeah, have to. He, Hopkins he, is unreal too. Yeah. yeah, great, great offense there. Um, okay, my divisional play. I'm I'm actually going to the NFC, the NFC North. Um, we've talked a bit about the Packers. We haven't really mentioned this team yet. I'm going the Minnesota Vikings plus two hundred. Uh, this team was a team I I definitely lost some money on last year. I think Kirk Cousins became public enemy number one in Tyler's eyes. And for for me as well, it just got to the point where it was a bit pathetic. They got rid of their offensive coordinator late in last year, John DeFilippo. They were a very pass-heavy offense. And I think this year they're going to sway back and really rely on Dalvin Cook, who I believe in to be a bell cow running back. 
And just looking around the rest of the division, Matt, we've talked online, offline a bit. You're not a Bears guy. I think there's going to be some regression to the mean there in terms of yeah, their defense absolutely. and takeaways and how incredible they were. Um, we've hit on the Packers. I like the Packers to make the playoffs. I think they are going to be a playoff team. But let's not forget this Vikings team made the NFC uh, championship game just two years ago. Don't forget um, Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. Yes. Yeah, Cody, don't forget that. Prime I time. I I uh I may really I may really eat crow here, but I'm I'm on board. I'm just buying the scene. They were tenth last year in offensive efficiency. All these things being said, if they can just ride Dalvin Cook and just really rely on him and have him open up the Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, just I'm I'm in on the Vikings. So give me them at plus two hundred. I like the value. I'm fading the Bears and for the extra ten cents to get the Vikings over the Packers, I'm, I'm in. I, I think there's a bounce back here. I think their home field advantage is as real as it gets in the NFL. Um, so Vikings plus 200. Sounds I mean, like we have the some one Cousins thing, haters. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'll say is I I, I think the Vikings are going to be good, but it's just, it's just for me, for my division pick to be um, in a division where realistically – Three teams have a solid chance because obviously the Lions absolutely suck. You know, shout out Matt Stafford. He's a great quarterback. Really unfortunate circumstance that he's been stuck with the Detroit Lions. It's, it's actually really is unfortunate. Uh, but I mean, we're, you know, I'm not big on the Bears, but I'm definitely big on the, uh, but I mean, I mean, I, you can't just discredit them. You can't just throw them out there. So for me to pick my divisional play in a team where realistically there's three teams I think competing for it is hard to justify, but. You know, I, I I I like the value. I guess that's where, that's yeah. where, that's where the value's at. I want to get in real quick. I agree with you that Minnesota. It's weird to think that a team could be so talented but be so questionable at the most important position, right? Because they have the skill players on the outside with Thielen and Diggs. Uh, you got to like Cook's talent, right? And you just hope he can stay on the field. Probably see some two tight end sets because Rudolph has been there for a while and they drafted the guy out of Alabama in the second round. And they got studs at every level defensively. So I think that at the price you're getting them at, I'm with you as far as like the roster that they have and the talent. I think Zimmer's a pretty good coach too. You got to be a pretty good coach if you're going to win 13 games and get to the NFC Championship with Case Keenum. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I think this would be the play if I was betting the NFC North. I just don't trust Cousins either. I saw him go 8-8 eight and eight far too much with Washington. And that's from a native Minnesotan. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I don't Shit. trust Cousins enough to bet on Minnesota, but if I was betting the NFC North, they would be the pick. Cody, Cody, I have to give you a lot of credit because, you know, this is a podcast. Thanks, we want thanks, to we, we want to churn out content, and I think you did this pick on purpose just mm. to make it last the whole mm. season because you know how low I was on Kirk Cousins last year, yeah, how bad he is. First, good teams. I mean, I'll tip my cap to you. You could validate. I'm wearing a hat right now, so I'm tipping it to you. The the Vikings have five primetime games this year. Everyone yeah. knows Kirk Cousins is awful in primetime. I think his record is five and twenty-three, something like that. The guy just doesn't have it. I hear your points on you know the offensive coordinator. They should be more run heavy. Dalvin Cook just hasn't stayed healthy. I believe he is very talented. He just hasn't stayed on the field. I'm I think he's fading Kirk Cousins. I really do. What do you say? I think Dalvin Cook could be their X factor. If Dalvin Cook stays healthy, if Dalvin Cook's running the ball like we have seen when healthy, um, that's going to ultimately make Kirk Cousins' job a 
Frazier, um, which is something that actually, you know, I think that Dalvin Cook is definitely the best running, when healthy, the best running back in that division. Although I do really like Carryon Johnson, but again, the Lions fucking suck. Yeah, I agree. Cook's health is the X factor. You just can't rely on Cousins to throw the ball 35, 40 times a game. And he hasn't proven to this point in his career he's a winner. So I'm just going to keep riding that. So we'll have this to go out through the whole season. Um, me trolling you when Kirk Cousins is blowing it. So congrats. You, you did well. I can't wait to have – I think Greg might be with me a little bit here on Minnesota Vikings Island, but this – He's a Minnesota. Yeah, he's, he's going to be my yeah. eyes and ears on the ground. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm buying the infrastructure. I'm buying the content. And again, plus 200. Matt, you made a valid point for the divisional play. It's, it's really up in the air. We got three teams in this thing. Um, RIP to Lions, but, but I think – this this team won 13 games two years ago. I think they have got rid of the problem child, one of the problem children, in John Filippo. Just pound the rock with Dalvin Cook as long as we can. Let's play some defense. Let's just, like, throw nice little out routes to Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, and Kirk Cousins. Just don't, don't fuck me here. Um, uh, Showtime. I'll hand this one over to you for your yeah, divisional so I'm just gonna... pick. I'm going to actually give a little, a couple of live uh, baseball tidbits uh, for some of my followers out there. Uh, the A's now lead 4-1. They tacked on another one. That's great. Um, and the Dodgers' top of the lineup actually just dominated the bottom of the third after um, a Jock Pedersen lineup and a, current, a Clayton Kershaw strikeout. Um, they just scored three runs all with two outs, and now they lead 3-2. So that's, you know, nice for my first half bet. And, and my sincere condolences go out to national money line bettors. Um, Strasburg, and actually, you know, to Steven Strasburg. A hell of a game. Seven innings, four hits, one walk, six strikeouts for whoever the fuck this dude is, Sierra, to come in and throw 11 pitches, <laughs> not recording yeah. out, out, and to let up three earned runs and the Pirates to score four in the bottom of the eighth uh, for the Nationals to roll over in the ninth and to lose 4-1. That's a really depleting loss for a Nationals team that's actually been doing pretty well. Yeah. But our, anyway. our quick side note, RP to our producer, Alex Uplinger. He's a uh, he's a Nats guy, so that's tough. All right, show time. What's your yeah. play? So I'm gonna be providing the best divisional play out of the four of us. And I'm gonna really <laughs> show why. So I'm going right to my <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going right to my Philadelphia Eagles, by the way. I'm also taking them to the Super Bowl. And this is an unbiased pick for any of my followers, fans, <laughs> friends, family. You guys know. I'm money first, team second. All I will bet against the Eagles. I will go to the game. I'll bet against the Eagles. I'll go to the Sixers game. I'll bet it. If the if I if the play is right, the play is right, and the play is right to bet on the Eagles here. Let me walk you through some key additions. Deshaun Jackson, huge addition. Now let me explain something, Alex. As I explained earlier about Antonio Brown, how much can one wide receiver really change it? I'll explain why Deshaun Jackson really changed it. He provides a deep threat to the Eagles that the Eagles just didn't have last year, which is a great compliment to a wide receiver like Alshon Jeffrey, who's a big physical wide receiver who, you know, he's, he's not slow by any means, but he's not as fast as Sean Jackson. He can go up and get the ball possession receiver. That's going to be opening up the field for the middle of the field for Nelson Aguilar with his speed. And, and, you know, obviously our amazing tight end. It's really just going to open up the field for both of them. Not only that, it's going to open up the field for the running game. Our newly vamped running game, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, and we got Sproles back. And he's still got Wendell Smallwood. You still got Jamal Adams. We had a bunch of running backs. And we've found over the past couple years, 
running back by committee has has proven to actually been successful. These running backs truly complement each other. Jordan Howard, a more power running back. Shout out IU graduate. Um, Miles sure. Sanders from Penn State. I guess we we love our Big Ten running backs. He's a good comment to Jordan Howard. I, I, I frankly I don't know much about him, but I've only heard good things about him. Right? I, I've heard that he's quick. I heard he can catch the ball in the backfield. We know what Darren Sproles is capable of. And we know just the swagger that Darren Sproles and Deshaun Jackson, obviously returning to the Eagles, brings to the Eagles and and their locker room culture. I you know, and locker room culture is very is very important. Don't 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 uh, diminish that. Uh, a few defensive changes, right? So we lost two guys on the defensive line, Michael Bennett and Chris Long, but we got Vinnie Curry back from the Tampa Bay Bucks. And we added Malik Jackson from a top defense of the past couple of years, Jacksonville Jaguars. So we replaced, we lost two guys on the defensive line. We replaced two. Uh, we lost Jordan Hicks. I mean, he's a good player. Um, we weren't going to pay him what he got paid. Happy he secured the bag. Um, you know, he's he's been getting hurt a little bit. I don't think it's a big of a loss there. Again, this is something I've touched on earlier. The Eagles play a second place schedule, right? Um, so they naturally are going to have an easier schedule than the Cowboys, and, and let me show you why. So the Cowboys play the, the Pats and the Saints on the on the road, as opposed to the Eagles, they play the Patriots at home and the Falcons on the road. So, I, you know, I think the Falcons are going to be good, don't get me wrong, but I think the Saints are better than the Falcons, and obviously playing the Patriots at home is a lot easier of a task than playing the Patriots in Foxborough. I'm sure we all know that. <clears throat> and we also, we play... Um, the Cowboys, the Rams at home. Um, you know, we don't play the Rams. We talked about the Rams earlier. I think they will regress, but again, that's that's still not a gimme game for the Cowboys. But get back to the Eagles schedule. I, I've identified again through their schedule home easy games. I think they should definitely win and should be big favors. Skins, Lions, Jets, Bears, Giants. I think they should win all five of those games, no question. Eagles have one of the best. Um, now again, you know, this isn't biased. They have one of the best home field advantages. Uh, they went seven and one uh, last year. At home, I believe. Yeah, they went seven and one last year. Um, and they have they have, their their away games aren't hard either. They play the Bills, the Dolphins, the Skins, and the Giants on the road. I mean, again, divisional games are never gimmies. Again, I said the Dolphins could upset the Eagles, right? But now when we come back and look through it from an Eagles perspective of the schedule, we're not going to pencil that in as a loss. We're going to pencil that in as a win. You know, even though it's a potential upset for the uh, for the Dolphins. And again, I think is a healthy Carson Wentz. Now, this is just summing up my entire point. At betting this divisional play at minus 120, minus 125, whatever you see it at now, in my mind, you're betting on the, the, the health of Carson Wentz, right? I think if Carson Wentz goes down, you know, obviously we don't have Nick Foles. We don't have Cody Kessler. I, I don't know who the fuck. Greg, you might be our quarterback at this rate. I, I don't know. Everyone's Nate, Nate Sudfeld. No, Sudfeld's hurt. Cody Kessler got hurt. They're all fucking so, hurt. I think we'll, well sign yeah, Josh but McCown. Sudfeld will be back early yeah. this season. Uh, week thing. Who, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. My point is, if Wednesday's healthy, the Eagles up and down on the offensive end and the defensive end of the ball, in my opinion, have the most complete team in the NFL – and they have arguably top five defensive and offensive line. If your guy Carson Wentz can stay healthy, we've proven to win with the likes of a Nick Foles multiple seasons back-to-back. We were an Alshon Jeffrey drop away from being in the NFC Championship game. 
if Carson Wentz could somehow get back to a level of of a, a solid quarterback, I'm not even asking for the MVP style he was playing before. Just a quarterback that's not going to fuck up. It's really hard for the Eagles not to finish at the 11 and five mark, in my opinion, something like that. And, and I think that gets the, the, the division done. I mean, I'm not going to play. They're over 10 because I think 10 and six could potentially get the division. But I see the Eagles somewhere in the, around the range of 11 to five. And again, um, 11 to five, maybe right. 12 and four. Yeah. I, I think they're going all the way to both. Yeah, Showtime. I think you bring up a lot of good points, and I agree. They are on paper the best team in the division, potentially football. The only caveat I'll throw in there is it always feels like when there's a team like this, that seems like such a lock, something could go wrong. And that would be Wentz getting hurt, which is very possible. And I mean, that could happen with any team. But I think Wentz's health is obviously key. Greg, what do you think as an Eagles fan, maybe becoming a Vikings fan out no, of Minnesota? No, no, definitely not. Staying no, not Eagles, not. staying Eagles. Greg, okay. Greg. Oh, God, trust me. I was God out here. It. I was out here for the beatdown. Oh, uh, well, you were there. Were you there? For, you were there for Super Bowl. Well, no, the game was in Philly. I'll be at the game this year when the Eagles play at U.S. Bank in the middle of October. Uh, but, yeah, I, he mentioned all the additions they made. And uh, the home field is another thing that like kind of keeps the floor high, right? I've talked a lot about if you're betting an over or a team to win the division, you want you want a high floor, right? You, want, you don't want as wide of a range of outcomes. So uh, I think that across the map, all over the roster, there's so many pieces in place. Carson Wentz. Everything is there for him to win the MVP this year. And defensively, they pair Malik Jackson with Fletcher Cox. Uh, maybe a little worried about their linebacking core. Zach Brown just got hurt the other day in, in camp. Hopefully that's nothing too serious. Uh, got some talent in the secondary, too. Sidney Jones is a big kind of make it or break it kind of year for him. Uh, definitely the way I would lean in the division would be the Eagles. All right, we got our two Eagles fans buying the Eagles. I, I really, I really do want to sway the other side, but I, I have to swallow my pride. I agree with you guys. Unless Zeke can come back, and like Dallas really gets that whole thing figured out, I think the Redskins are a train wreck. The Giants, I'm not buying. Uh, your boy Daniel Jones for this year. Um, the win, six wins, win though, six wins though. The, yeah, the six, the six wins. I, I see that, but um. Yeah, I, I like the Eagles. I think they made a couple good additions. Like, I like the Deshaun Jackson signing um, as a Super Bowl pick. That one, I'm oh, not as on Go I ahead. got a little tidbit I want to throw in. I think uh, it's, it dates back for, like, the last, like, 15 years. There hasn't been a repeat champion in the NFC East. You know, not that that really matters, but at a certain point, um, you know, yeah. 50 years is kind of uh, a lot of data. It's a big enough sample to trust it. Yeah, I'm with exactly. you on that. That is wild. Uh, Tyler, what's your Super Bowl play? So my Super Bowl play team, we touched earlier that Greg is very bullish on the Steelers, 25 to 1. I just really like the value there. Everything we talked about earlier, getting the drama out of the locker room. I think the running game will become more important. The defense is improved, and I feel like it would be poetic for the Raiders to collapse this year. Antonio Brown to just have all this off-field drama, and the Steelers go to the Super Bowl and potentially win it. So I like the value, 25 to 1. Um, Greg, what, what do you got for your Super Bowl pick? Yeah, well, <laughs> Homer Central, I guess, here. I'm going with the Eagles. <laughs> um, I, 
a couple. One, one thing I want to point out about the Super Bowl, I was talking to Matt about this today. If you are betting it now, you better feel confident that they're going to get a first-round buy. Well, the, the Eagles last, obviously will. The last six Super Bowls have all featured conference champions where both of those conference champions had a first-round buy. Since the NFL went to 12 teams in the playoffs, which started in 1990, you have never had a Super Bowl where both teams did not have the buy. So the buy is really important when betting the Super Bowl now. Uh, and then when we do get to the time when the playoffs start, do not bet a Super Bowl futures then because you're going to get better value on a money line rollover in the wild card round, into the divisional round, into the championship, conference championship, et cetera, et cetera. So just a couple things there. Money line rollover if you're betting it when the playoffs start before the season, just feel confident that they're going to get the buy. And I feel that way about the Eagles. One of the best home fields in football. Uh, I think they're going to get the one seed in the NFC because I mentioned I don't really like the Rams. They were one of my win totals under uh, NFC North. I am kind of with you on the Vikings, Cody, but not enough to where I think they're going to be the number one seed over the Eagles. And then in the South, you're going to see the Falcons and Panthers be good enough to prevent the Saints from getting the one seed. So that leaves me with the Eagles to get the one seed, meaning I feel pretty confident that the road to the Super Bowl will go through Philly. Uh, so in the AFC, there's not a team with uh, – Steelers, is, I like them, uh, but AFC North games are always really physical, and you kind of get worn down, and I'm not sure that they're going to get a bye. So matching up with that kind of need-the-bye mindset, uh, I like the Eagles. It, I like that bye fact a lot. I think – that adds to my argument for my Super Bowl pick. Um, I like the New Orleans Saints at 9-1. to one. You mentioned it. I do think the Falcons and Panthers will take a bit of a step forward this year. However, the Saints, I don't think they had any like heartbreaking losses. Their center, Max Unger, retired. I have faith in the Sean Payton, Drew Brees system. They bring back all their talent guys. They add Jared Cook. They swap out Mark Ingram, bring in Latavius Murray to me. I think that's a bit of a wash. I, I'd argue that's a downgrade. I, I, I don't think that it even matters, to be honest. Like, I think Latavius I Murray, Latavius, Murray will get you 90% of whatever Mark Ingram is. And as a former Alvin Kamara fantasy owner, and I know people don't care about hearing about your fantasy team, give that guy more touches, please. Um, they have the easiest strength to schedule in their division just based off last season. Um, they were fourth last year in offensive DVOA or sorry, an offensive 11th on defense. Um, I, I'm buying a bit of the karma factor of that loss to the Rams. I think they're going to come back. I like them to get a buy. And then from there, so they're at nine to one right now. Realistically, I think that's as good as you're going to get this. And that, and that's another point on the teams that get the buy. You, if you think you you're going to buy, get in now, because if they do get a buy, you're not going to get anywhere close to that value when the playoffs start. Right. Get in, get in now, lock it in, hedge, and then go from there. Have yourself a day. By the way, yeah. we, never, we never hedge at, at Showtime. Showtime's, Showtime's. Yeah, I'm anti-hedge, too. I, you bet, make the bet, ride it out. Ride it out. Never hedge. Not once. I guess I have to say that as well to go with it. But one thing I will say, Cody, a heartbreaking loss. I mean, you can't forget the NFC Championship game. And I'm just worried that they're going to keep comp- – it's, that's just going to be a thing lingering over this team. Back-to-back years, don't forget the Minnesota playoff game from two years ago. Devastating loss there. Last year, devastating loss. Breeze definitely fell off at the end of the year. That offense got worse. And like Matt said, if Alshon Jeffrey 
didn't drop that ball, there's a chance they would have lost their first playoff game last year. Yeah. So I see and some aggression from Breeze. A lot, of, a lot of what if on the Falcons. Let's not forget they won ten games two years ago and almost beat the Eagles in Philly in the playoffs, and they were right there with the Saints. They should have won. And then, and then they were in the Super Bowl the year before. Last year was a lost season for Atlanta. Devonta Freeman was out most of the year. Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen, both of their starting safeties, missed basically the entire season. I think they're going to be much better. I think the Fal- the Falcons could win that division, which is another reason why I would not bet the Saints at nine to one. Yo, boys, um, I-, I don't want to cut anyone off here, but I'm you know as long as my explanations uh, have been, I'm actually going to give the shortest Super Bowl uh, pick, um, and I'm picking Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl. I'm picking the New England Patriots to win the Super Bowl over the Eagles. I actually think Tom Brady gets his revenge. Um, I think Tom Brady and the Patriots are locked to have a bye, as as we have stated. And I think that's important. Um, and I'm not putting my money any fucking where else until proven otherwise. And I think Tom Brady gets another Super Bowl ring. Did I black out or did you pick the Eagles already? <laughs> to march to march to the Super Bowl to march. Ah, to got it, got it. Okay. March to the Super Bowl, and I think Tom Brady gets revenge. You know, as much of uh, an Eagles fan I am, I don't see Tom Brady losing to uh, the same team twice in, in a couple years span in the Super Bowl. I don't see it. Showtime. I think we're set up for a good year of content because I I think Pats take a step back this year because you're Miami uh, yeah, Dolphins. Think, you're yeah, Miami I Dolphins. Possible. I I I, I honestly. Uh, I, I you know, gonna be that guy that every year is like. This is the year the Patriots take the step back, right? And, and until I see it, I'm like, gonna say here it is. So. They're coming back. And they're, this is over, and then they win 12 games. <laughs> yeah, don't be that fucking guy, Cody. <laughs> Guys, here's my thing. I just think the season that we saw from Tom Brady last year was not the same Tom Brady. Playoffs, <laughs> uh, uh, they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I guess they they, they burned us on that so chart. They, so they were the best play. team in the NFL last year, and he didn't perform his best. You know, I I, I don't know what else to it's it, say. it's gonna it's gonna fall off. It's gonna fall we'll off. We'll see. We should, when, we when, he, see. When, he, when he brings it up, it's gonna fall. We'll see, guys. I'm excited to uh to roll out this season, but I think this wraps up the uh, intro pod. Some NFL futures. Um, so thanks everyone for listening. Subscribe, rate, review. And uh, Showtime, download, yeah. and and download Showtime and Greg will be coming uh, on your pod to your pod listening platforms this Friday as well with their Pick'em Pod. So stay tuned and uh, plenty of great content for you guys. As this football Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.